This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. So tonight, speaking on repentance, who likes repentance? Changed my life. Let's turn to Luke chapter 13. Luke 13 verses 1 to 5, titled Repent or Perish. Luke 13, 1 to 5. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. All those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Now there's no explanation given as to why these Galileans were killed and their bloods mixed with the sacrifice. But what we do know is that Pilate was a pretty bloodthirsty man. He was a very violent ruler, but we don't know why he did what he did. Maybe these Galileans, it says in one of the commentaries I read that some of those Galileans were pretty keen to get involved with political things. So maybe they'd overstepped the mark with some of the broken Roman rule or something like that, but, but we don't know. But the reason that they brought this story to Jesus is what's important. Because the, Jewish, the Jews believed at that time that if you were suffering or you died through suffering, it was because you'd done something wrong. So that was their belief that maybe these Galileans must have done something wrong. That's why that bad thing happened to them. You know, we read in Job when one of his friends, Eliphaz, he came to Job and said to Job, remembering that Job's just lost everything, and he said, oh, you must have sinned. You must have done something wrong. And Eliphaz quoted a scripture to him, and he, he says, remember now, whoever perished being innocent, wherever, when, where, where or wherever the upright ever, was ever cut off. So no, this was their belief that if something happened, believe what, what Job went through, he must have done something wrong. But when we read through the scriptures, we find that Job hadn't done anything wrong and his friends were wrong and they'd criticised him incorrectly. And so with this kind of theology, they believed that the Galileans must have sinned, therefore they perished. But Jesus brought out here that these Galileans were no more sinners than those who were listening to Jesus. And he pointed out that unless they repent, they too will perish. And Jesus also brought out the other story of the 18 people that had been killed. And he said to those listening to them, do you think that these people were worse sinners than all the others because they died? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Now this is how the Jews thought. This was their theology of the day. And it's easy to pass it off onto them, but it makes me stop and think sometimes, you know, we can have the same mindset. Yeah, we can look at people doing the wrong thing and think, you know, yeah, they shouldn't have done that. That's why they ended up in trouble. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes we can do things we shouldn't do and it causes issues. But let's not be too quick to judge. You know, I read a story the other day 
where there's some blokes out on the lake in a boat, most likely fishing, on a Sunday, and it sank. Oh, my gosh, they should have been in church. But the other, at the same time, there was a group of missionaries heading off to another country to take the gospel to that country, and their boat sank. So that leaves us with a bit of an inner spot. Are we going to criticise them the same as we criticise the others? So what I got out of that was, let's not be too quick to judge. Let's just let God do the work. The scripture says that we all need to repent, or we too likewise will perish. So my first point is, you know, what is repentance? Let's turn to Matthew, a couple of verses up here, or at the start of Matthew. Matthew verses 3. This is when John the Baptist appeared on the scene, right, right out of the blue. This man appeared, dressed in camel hair and a leather belt, eating locusts. He would have looked a bit weird, I reckon, but we learn about repentance from his life. Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then just over a page to chapter 4, verse 17, we see now here Jesus speaking. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So both John the Baptist and Jesus both started their ministry with the same word, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand or near. When John the Baptist came on the scene and calling the people to repent, they were conscious that there hadn't been a word from God through the prophets for about 400 years. And now all of a sudden this bloke appears and it's sounding like the voice of God again speaking to them. And so they were confronted with this, this voice coming from God, from this man. Some believed, some didn't, some got offended because John rebuked their sinful ways. And he didn't come just with an opinion of his own. No, he had spent time in the wilderness. He had spent time alone with God and God had spoken to him. The power of the Spirit had come upon him and he had a word from God. And he brought that word filled with the Spirit and he declared it boldly. The word of God came, repent and be baptised. Because John's ministry was not about him, it was about who was coming after him. And they needed to repent of those ways to be able to receive Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King of Kings. For 400 years, there'd been no voice from God, but now the people were confronted with this voice of God again. And the kingdom of God was at hand, and the Jews knew that one day the Messiah was come. They always knew that, that there was going to be a time when Jesus, the Messiah, was going to come. But over time, like 400 years is a long time, and over that time, they drifted away. You know, we can do the same thing. If we don't stay focused on what we're called to do, we don't stay focused on the word of God, we too can drift away. We need to stay focused on what Jesus is calling us to do. And they drifted off into worldly stuff. They were worshipping false gods, following worldly kings and pagan rituals. Everything had become a re religious outworking, uh, it was an outward thing, there was nothing of the heart in it. And here was John saying to them now, repent, turn from these things you've been doing because the kingdom of heaven 
is at hand. In other words, it was right near. They didn't realize it. John was pointing them to the one that was coming after him, Jesus Christ the Lord. John baptized with water for repentance, but he said that the one coming after me will baptize you with spirit and with fire because that, that, that repentance was necessary. They had to turn from those other ways and be ready to see the Messiah, Jesus. The only way that they could receive Jesus and the kingdom was to repent and turn back to God. Yes, there was a rebuke in that from John, but also there was a, a new hope, hope of a new life. The long-awaited saviour was coming and they needed to repent. You know, I like the way that the New Living Translation puts that verse. It says, repent and turn to God. And that's so important. You know, repentance is just not turning from something to something else. Like if I was to give up eating ice cream because it's not good for me, no, I'm going to give that up. I'm going to eat donuts. I'm, what's the point? You know, I might as well have both. It's not, so it's not, it's not what we're turning from, it's what we're turning to that makes the difference. We're turning from that old way of life and we're turning to God in a new life, a new way of living. You know, this next little bit's very theology, the, theological. <laughs> I got this out of my Bible dictionary, so it was, it was the best definition I could find of repentance, and it took me a while to get my head around it, but you, know, you might be smarter than me. Repentance is a divinely wrought conviction of sin in the heart, that the soul is guilty before God, and a resolute turning away from sin in which the sinner identifies himself with the gracious act of God in redeeming him. Repentance involves both a change of mind about sin and a change of the heart attitude towards sin. Simple. Pastor Trevor got it. <laughs> that conviction, that deeply wrought conviction the Holy Spirit brings. And then we stand before God, I'm guilty. I need a saviour. And we can turn away from sin and turn to him, the one and only who can save us. That's what repentance is, turning to him, the one and only, who can save us. It's renouncing our sin and accepting the Holy Spirit as being the only one who can enable us to live above sin. Jesus forgives us for our sin. We turn from our old way of life and receive the Holy Spirit and he enables us to live above sin. It's him in us that does the work. It's him in us that strengthens us. It's him in us that causes us to be overcomers of those things that come against us. It's all about God. He's the one who does the work. We are the recipients of the grace of God. So repentance is necessary for salvation. You know, it's all about God. Our whole salvation is all about God. He starts it. He initiates it, sends his Holy Spirit, convicts us of our sin. He opens the way up. He made a way. He sent his son to the cross, gave his life as a ransom. We sang about it tonight, paid the debt in full. So everything about our we can take no pride in ourselves for our salvation. It was all done for us by a father in heaven who loves us beyond measure, beyond what we could ever think or imagine. He loves us. That's the depth of his love. You know, I had someone say to me one day, oh, why would a loving God send anyone to hell? <laughs> he doesn't. 
a loving God sends a way to redeem us from that. That his, his heart is, he doesn't want anyone to go there. So what did he do? He sent his one and only son to pay the debt in full. All we have to do is re- reach out and receive it. Receive it by, by faith. It's grace through faith. It's all done for us. All we need to do is receive it. That's the love of our Father. When we sing, you know, he's a good, good God and he's a loving Father, that's so true. Repentance is not just being sorry for our sin, but turning from sin to a new life in Christ Jesus. When the conviction of sin comes to our soul and we see that our need of a Savior, we find that there's only one who paid the price, Jesus Christ. Only he has the power to save us from our sin, only Jesus. So when we repent and ask Jesus to forgive us of our sin, he and only he can forgive us and set us free from the guilt and the punishment of our sons. Now, when I think about that, you know, we don't need to live in the bondage of our past. You know, this, I, I don't know what it was like to grow up in a family that, was, that never had a good dad. I had a good dad. I'm blessed. But many people have grown up without a good, loving father, but there's no need to live in that. There's a God who gave his life to draw us out of that, and he gives us a new way to live. He forgives us for our past and we can turn our back on those old things and we can turn to him and he gives us a new way to live, a new reason to live. It's him in us. But we have a choice. We can either choose to live in our past or we can choose to live in what Jesus has for us. You know, this is what happened to me so many years ago when I was sitting in church. Of all places, I wasn't a Christian, but I went to church. Sitting in church, that the conviction, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit come upon me and convicting me that, yeah, I look good on the outside, I was doing all the, the right things, but inside was dead, dead, dead bone, just dead works, full of sin and dead works on the inside. And it caused me to repent. Suddenly I knew that I needed something to change on the inside. I asked the Lord to come into my heart and cleanse me on the inside. The outside can look, we can pretty it up with all kinds of things, but it's in here where we need the cleansing. It's in here where we need that work of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus cleanses us, caused me to repent. And I invited Jesus to come into my heart right there and then. There was no big fanfare. I never went out the front. All I did was sat there and opened my heart. But my whole life changed. The whole way, I had a different outlook on things, different outlook on life. The whole inside of me changed and had a different way of thinking. My heart attitude changed. It's a new way of living. No longer was I working to build my kingdom, but now I was working to help build God's kingdom. Let's turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 says, And John, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Gat. Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. You know, the promise of the coming Messiah was fulfilled in Jesus. This was a new way of salvation, and the way was to repent and believe. John the Baptist had fulfilled his mission. He, was, he had announced the coming of the Messiah. He was prepared, he prepared the way by declaring to the people they need to repent of their ungodly ways and their unbelief and turn back to God. 
Now Jesus comes to seek and to save the lost by making a way that all may come into God's kingdom. He was the perfect sacrifice for, for the forgiveness of our sins. You know, the blood of animals couldn't do it. It could cover our sin, but it couldn't cleanse us of our sin. We still had the consciousness of it. But Jesus comes as the perfect sacrifice, takes away all sin when we repent and believe in him. Our sins are washed away. The good news of the gospel, because the truth is we cannot save ourselves. We can try, but it won't work. The unregenerative heart is deceitful above all things. Now we can deceive ourselves. We think we're a good person. We think we're doing this or that. Now I'm not as bad as that black down the road, so I'm all right. One, there's only one sin. There's no levels of sin. We're sinners. We're only saved by grace through the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. So we can't compare ourselves with the bloke down the road and think I'm better than him, so I'm doing okay. I need a saviour. We all need a saviour. And Jesus Christ is that only one. So we do, all of us, we need to repent of our old ways and thoughts and believe and receive the good news of the gospel that is found in Jesus. My second point is this. True repentance brings a change in life. Acts chapter 2. This is the first sermon of the new church after the Holy Spirit had came on the disciples. Acts chapter 2, verses 36 to 38. You know, the Holy Spirit had come and the people had gathered wondering what on earth this was, the noise of this Holy Spirit come and they'd heard these people speaking in funny languages and Peter got up and preached this sermon in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they heard it, they were cut to the core. And in verse, um, in um, chapter 2, verse 36 to 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, as for those who are far off, all of whom the Lord our God will call. You know, Jesus had put the word in there in to the disciples before he went, that they were to go and preach the gospel in all the world, but to wait for that Holy Spirit power. And that's what they did. And when the Holy Spirit come, people were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And here Peter got up and preached this powerful sermon to the people, and it was so powerful, it was so accurate, that it cut them to the core. And they cried out there, Brothers, what shall we do? In verse 37, what shall we do? What shall we do? When that conviction of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, Peter declared to them exactly what to do. Repent and be baptised. And so we see here, you know, the first message from Jesus was repent and turn to God. The first message from the church by Peter under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit was the same. Repent and turn to God. So the only way into God's kingdom is through repentance and turning and believing in Jesus and putting our faith and trust in him. It's threefold. First part is renouncing and turning from sin. The second part is submitting and following Jesus, submitting to him and following him. And the third part is being continually shaped and sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So we repent of our sin, follow Jesus, and allow the Holy Spirit to shape us 
and sanctified. The sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit is ongoing. There's always things in our life the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. Let's turn to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 7. This is where Paul had been captured. No, no it's the other one. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> this is in Corinthian. Paul had sent a letter to the Corinthians because something had gone wrong there and he had sent them a pretty hard letter. And in 2 Corinthians 7 verses 9 and 10, <clears throat> it says, Yet now I'm happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance and leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See, something had happened there in the Corinthian church that had brought Paul such grief and stress, and so he felt a need to send them a letter. It was a pretty harsh one, but he needed to deal with the situation, and even though he was sorry he had to do that, he was sorry he'd sent the letter because he had heard that it had hurt them a little bit. But then when he got news back that their sorrow was a godly sorrow which caused them to repent and turn to God. And that's the good way of dealing with stuff. You know, when, when we get rebuked, there's times when or each one of us sometimes gets a rebuke from the Holy Spirit or somebody sees us getting off track or we've got a mentor that's trying to lead us in a good way and we've got a choice. We can either get offended by it or we can take it on board and become better. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. That's what Jesus does for us by sending us the Holy Spirit into our lives. It, it, the Holy Spirit is very quick. I know when I've done something wrong, it's very quick comes into my mind, you know, you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't have said that. And the quicker we repent and get back into right relationship again, or you can step back and say, no, that wasn't, I, yeah, that wasn't real bad. You know, I, no, I, didn't, I didn't really mean it. Only, I was only joking. But, you know, when conviction comes, whether, you know, we can justify it all we like, but we just need to just hand it back to God, say, look, I'm sorry I did that. If we've upset someone, go to that person and say, look, I'm sorry I did that, and get back into right relationship with our Father again. We don't want any wedges put between us. The difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow, worldly sorrow is just a resentment. You know, I did something wrong and I got caught. Sorry. But truly, though, if I knew I could do that again and get away with it, I most likely would. So that's not real repentance. God repentance is so convicting of the heart that I'm going to, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to turn from doing that or saying those things and turn back to what God would have me to do. Not just being sorry about it just because I got caught. That was, that was a bit lousy. But no, turn right around, 180 degree turn and say, I'm going after Jesus. That's why we all need to listen to wise counsel. Not getting offended by allowing good godly counsel to help us to change and to turn us from our old way of life. In Romans chapter 12, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. 
Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind and that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. You know, we can throw off anything there that's holding us back. Things attached to our life that are not doing us any good, we need to just throw them off, dig it up if we have to, but we need to get rid of it. Anything that's holding us back, things that we're doing, things we're holding on to. You know, Pastor Noel's on my mind a bit at the moment, but I remember a message he preached here one morning you know, that stuck in my mind. He said, don't hold on too tight to anything in this world because it may come a day when you've got to let it go. And I thought, yeah, that's so good because there's a lot of things in this world that we do hold on to and a lot of things are good, but the message was don't hold on to it too tight that you can't let it go. Throw it off, dig it up, cast it out. You know, I like the story of blind Bartimaeus, you know. He's a blind man and yet he could see in the spirit. When he heard the voice of Jesus, he knew who it was, son of David. You know, a lot of people around him had eyes, could see, but they didn't realise. But he's a blind man, could see in the spirit. And when they said, he's calling you, come, what did he do? He threw off his old cloak and went to Jesus, and Jesus gave him back his sight, and he followed Jesus. And I thought, this is good. Throw off those things that we don't need, that old way of life. Throw it off, turn to Jesus, and follow him. He'll lead us in the everlasting ways. And I ask this question, you know, who are you following? And there's many things in the world, many people in the world that we can follow but I'm reminded of the word of Scripture, you know, the blind will lead the blind. They'll both fall in the ditch. So we need to find someone who is walking in the ways of the Lord and follow them because they will lead us in the ways that are right, save us from falling in the ditch. In Acts 26, Acts 26, 19 to 20, this is where Paul had been captured for preaching the gospel and he was brought before Festus and then King Agrippa had come and um, he was called to come before them and just give a defence. So Paul had, was glad to come before King Agrippa and he had pointed out what Jesus had done, the, the vision he'd been given, how the Holy Spirit had come upon him, the bright light had shone on him, turned his whole life around. Paul was one of those ones when repenting of sin and getting born again, a change of life. You wouldn't see a bigger change of life than in the life of Paul. And that's what happens when we turn from our old ways and turn to Jesus. It's a whole new way of life. And in verses 19 to 20 in chapter 26, it said, So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and all Judea, and to the Gentiles also, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. And that's a word to all of us. When we get born again, repenting of our sin, turning to Jesus, there will be a change in our lives. The old way is gone, the new has come. I'm a new creation. You know, we've all sinned. We all need to repent. We all need a saviour. We need to turn to God and pursue his righteousness and follow him. Only the blood of Jesus can cleanse us of all sin and serve in God's kingdom, producing works of fruitfulness.
True repentance is a change of mind, turning from our past sin, turning to Jesus and submitting and surrender to him, following him in the power of his Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've loved us so much. Your word says that you loved the world so much that you sent your one and only son to come into the world. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for being obedient. We are recipients of your grace, your mercy, and we come to you with humble hearts. We, we repent of our sins and we turn and we come to you. We receive your forgiveness. We receive your cleansing and we give you thanks and praise for it. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill us afresh and anew, that we would be those vessels that you can use, that, those light bearers for you in this dark world. We bow the knee to you. We humble ourselves before you, surrendering and submitting to you, and that you would use us for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabram. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.